you once again, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to The Maynard Files. I am your host, Josh, the individual who interviews other individuals who are more individual than himself. With me today, I have my guest, Kate Bradley. Kate, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you for asking. Ooh, isn't that cheesy? That sounds so canned now, doesn't it? <laughs> it totally does. You put your out-of-office on or something? Yeah, that was, that was my Microsoft uh, go-to. That was the... It was the, whatever, the default setting. Um, so, Kate, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Kate, and... Perfect, that's it. We're wrapping up the interview. Thank you so much for coming. No. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> um, I'm a new actress, so I have a full-time job, and I just signed with an agent this summer, and um, I've kind of been getting started in that whole scene and really enjoying it. So that's right. where I'm at. That's awesome. So, so now, um, so now you said you you're you're doing like a you. This is like the first time you've ever dove into this kind of field. Yes, it's something I wanted to do when I was really little. Um, I actually lived in Las Vegas when I was like four years old, and um, my preschool teachers kept telling my mom that they needed to take me in to get an agent and that I should go into showbiz and everything, and my mom didn't want to be, like, a stage mom, which I totally get. I mean, that's, like, its own thing. Um, so I didn't do it. I didn't pursue it. I did, like, drama in high school, and I was in the play in high school, but I just... I got really focused on school. I mean, I went to college, I went to law school and just went down that path with my career. And so I never explored it. And these past couple of years, I've been kind of looking for things that I've always wanted to do and, and finally just jumping in and doing them. And this was one of those things. I'd always wanted to do it. So it felt like it was time. That is awesome. So you, so you, okay, so let me get this straight. You took the path of responsibility and actual like practical application and now you're like, instead of doing what everybody else does, which is like, we're going to just screw off through our 20s, and then we'll get everything. We might fix things in our 30s. I definitely did plenty of that. I had a great time, uh, especially in my college years. But, um, yeah, I mean, things were just a lot more serious, I think, for me. I was a lot more career-oriented when I was younger, and so that that had my full attention and I feel like it's only been in the past couple of years that I felt like I've been ready to kind of pump the brakes. And, you know, that, that part of my life is going well, um, you know, career-wise and everything. So I feel like I can kind of ease off on the intensity. And so that's been what has kind of allowed me to shift my focus into acting now. That is awesome. So you said law school. So now you've, you've colored me intrigued. What, what, uh, what kind of law are we talking here? I do estate planning. I draft okay. will. Then um, I have another degree that's um, specific to tax law. So I do, um, like, really involved estate planning, you know, those types of tax issues and stuff. It's, it's really exciting. Okay. So <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't actually sound exciting, but I do appreciate the, the enthusiasm that you're bringing to the table. I'll, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, if I ever was in need of, like, getting out of jail you'd be the person to talk to but now i have seen that that is not the case okay we're good not at all although i will say that um i've really enjoyed in my line of work i talk to people a lot oddly enough about death and it's a really frequent conversation that we have and um really interesting to hear people's 
point of view and particularly how people feel when they're younger versus where they're at a stage of life where death may be more imminent. Um, and I think in a way that's kind of colored my decision to want to go into acting because so many of my clients who seem to be approaching the, the last few years of their lives tend to reflect on either the fact that they are so glad that they took a certain kind of risk or that they regret that they never took a certain risk. And so I think I've kind of taken that to heart. And while I realize that acting is, you know, it's, it's a tricky area, right? I mean, there's nothing guaranteed in this industry. Um, I'm still glad that I'm doing it and taking the risk because I think I would forever be kicking myself and wondering what if. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, and that's a good point you bring up. Like, yeah, if depending on what walk of life you're in, um, I do know that I've had conversations with people that always said things like, oh, I regret not doing this. Or have you ever had people sit down and say, if I had your talents, I would have used this. And then you're, you're sitting there, you're 40 years old. You're wondering, what am I even doing? You know, that's, well, that's where I am. Sorry. <laughs> that's where I am. It's so true. I think that we, um, you know, as we age and we do become more responsible, we start to kind of stuff a lot of those things that we view as being maybe more frivolous or, you know, not career oriented or whatever. And so we say, okay, well, you know, the responsible thing to do is to ignore these things or to no longer nurture these interests that I have. And I've really enjoyed kind of flipping that on its head because while they're not any less frivolous at this stage in my life, um, I'm really enjoying exploring them. Yeah. It's, it's a totally different, um, experience, life experience. So would you, um, so what would you say was the ultimate catalyst for you? Like what was the thing that actually launched you and, and you just decided that the, when you woke up and said, this is what I'm doing, like this is happening. What, what do you think that was? Oh boy. Um, it was a whole host of things really. Um, I think the, so it initially started where, um, I, so I have three kids and when I was, um, about a year out, so my, my youngest daughter was about a year old. Um, I felt like I was probably heavier than I should have been. I put on a lot of weight and everything, but, um, I went through this whole stage of real like body acceptance and being like, Hey, this isn't exactly what I planned. I don't look like I did when I was younger, but I'm going to be cool with it. I'm going to buy clothes that fit my body now. I'm going to really celebrate who I am and, you know, live in, in this body because this is what it is. And so I did that for probably a year, and I think that was really good for me. But I remember one day waking up and looking in the mirror and realizing, girl, you can do better. I know you can do better. I know that the reason that you are the way you are is because you don't exercise, you don't eat well, you know, you're making choices that are leading you into this. So while we can believe that it has to do with the fact that I'm older and that I've had kids, there are also a lot of other choices that, that went into kind of, you know, where I was. Um, I also didn't really have any hobbies at the time that I kind of went through that epiphany moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I started thinking, well, what kinds of things do I want to do? And one of the things that kept coming back in my mind was ballet. It was something that I did for a long time younger. I started when I was probably like four or five, and I did it all the way through high school and stopped, you know, totally, totally stopped. And so I decided to do uh, art and tights and, and start dancing again and, um, that was huge. I think those two things combined um, were things that just kind of set me 
on this totally different path. And so then um, after that, um, I started finding more and more things that I felt passionate about that I wanted to do something really wild stuff. Like I went bungee jumping and I went skydiving and I went back and I got that second degree in tax that I'd always wanted. Um, I was just finding all of these different activities that were of interest to me and just leaning into it, you know, and, yeah. and doing it. That sounds awesome. So basically you, you started out, you took the responsible path. You woke up one day, said, I'm not going to end up like Keith Richards. And then you were like, you, you rented a copy of Point Break, and then you decided to emulate everything that you saw in that movie. That's exactly what happened. That was 100%. basically just all I got out of that. that no, it was, it was close enough, right? Fun fact, it was all about me. <laughs> that's awesome. No, but that's, that's really good because that's um, the way I look at what you just said was it's very inspirational to to be, you know, because it just shows that it doesn't matter where you are in life. Don't think that you can't pursue something that you want to pursue, whether it be hobbies or a second career or something that you've always dreamed of doing. Just do it. You only get this life. I mean, I think, I don't know. I'm not really sure how it works, but you only get this life. Do what you got to do. And you're, you're killing it so far. I mean, I've seen... Um, and that's how I came across you is that it was a posting and then I saw like all these, these things that you were doing, but then I realized it doesn't look like she's been in this very long, but she's already, she's already killing it. And that's amazing. That's awesome. That's not only, that's not, that should not only make you feel amazing, but that should also be a, kind of like an inspiration to anyone else out there that's going like, Oh, I, I can't do it. I'm not talented. I'm no just do what you want to do. Like that's, I think that's the message that is being conveyed here. And I yeah. think, I think we're, we're our, our biggest critics, right? Mm. And oh, so if you are, if you're stopping yourself before anybody else is stopping you, I mean, how silly is that? But we do it all the time. All the time. We are, we are, we are our own worst enemies always and forever. And that's just awful. But that's, yeah, but it's, it's nice to see that, you know, it, like I said, it doesn't matter. You can break the mold and you did, you were like, no, I'm not really digging this. What's going on here. So this is what's happening. And then you did it now. Um, like what kind of, now you picked a weird time because 2020 was basically the, I don't even know how to nicely put it. Cause I don't really like to curse too much, but we'll just call it the festival of feces instead of, you know, the other thing. So we'll just call it that because it has been a snowstorm of garbage. Um, so you picked an odd time to get into it. Now, did you have any, 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 like, I don't know, hurdles or anything that you had to overcome in order to get where you're at now? Like, was there anything that kind of presented itself as like a real, a, a real hassle during all of this uh, pandemic and whatnot? So I think I will say that coming at it at this stage in the game was kind of, um, it gave me a little bit of maybe a safety net. For one, I already knew I wanted to do this this year. I was already planning on trying to pursue getting an agent that was like on my bucket list and everything for the year. So I knew it was happening. But the fact that I did it in the middle of the pandemic, I felt like I had this built-in safety net of knowing that if it didn't happen, then I could blame the pandemic. Then it was like, oh, well, yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> That's a good one. That's nice. Yeah. We're going to use that. We're utilizing that. Might as well. I mean, it has ruined pretty much everything else. Why not? <laughs> but 
But no, I think it was actually quite seamless. Um, I was surprised at how quickly it happened. Um, I had chatted with a few different agencies and, you know, I was kind of trying to figure out what might work. And I landed with um, signature models and talent and absolutely adore them. I mean, it just... And now they, now they get a free plug on my show. They're never going to pay me for that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but they're great. They are. And it... Um, it, it, I think it just, it went the way it was supposed to. Yeah. All of those pieces just kind of fell into place. And I think we all have those moments in life where we know, okay, I'm clearly, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do because things are just really easy. You know, everything just that I'm wanting or all of the things that I'm trying to do are, are falling into place pretty seamlessly. Yeah. So I like, they don't always happen, but when they do. It's a good feeling. Well, not to get all Abraham Hicks or anything, but it sounds like you manifested some pretty good stuff and threw it out into the universe. And then it was like, hey, you know, yeah, might, might as well. We've got nothing else going on. I was kind of ruining the whole, like, you know, everybody's trip to the sizzler with this pandemic. But now I figure we can go ahead and let you let you act. So that's good. So. Well, and much easier of all of the online casting, too. So yeah. I think it probably would have been more of a challenge to try and get away from my job and go and do you know, interviews and auditions and things. And right now, so many of the things are self-tapes or online. So it's made the whole industry really accessible in a way that it probably wasn't before. Now that brings but. me to an interesting point that I wanted to ask you. So what was the most, um, what was the most, the, what, what was your experience like the first time you did an audition? What, what, what was going on there? Like how, how did that make you feel? Um, I would say, gosh, my very first audition um, I felt like I had a, a decent idea of what was going to happen, but it was still different from how I expected it to be. Um, just the, for one, I do not like the energy in, in the waiting room during an audition. Um, that's something to kind of adjust to. I think you kind of have to have your own way of um, emotionally separating yourself maybe from that whole feeling. Cause man, I mean, people get intense and they're, they don't want to make eye contact or, you know, gone are the days of just like smiling at strangers and stuff. Um, you know, I, I felt that. So, and then to immediately transition from being in the lobby, regardless of what kind of experience you've had there and turn into this totally different persona, um, you know, that, that was a little bit of a, a stretch for me, you know, or at least, um, something that I had to kind of learn to try to figure out like, okay, now I've, I've got to turn it on. So it doesn't matter what was happening just three minutes before I walked in this room. Now I am this character and I've got to just go. That's but, I mean, I really, really love it. It's awesome to be able to have that freedom. You know, when I'm at work as an attorney, I'm, I'm me. You know, and I'm doing all of the things that I do. Um, and so to get to into this totally different role and become this totally different person and pretend like I'm in a place that I'm not actually at um, and make this camera believe that all of these things are happening. And what a cool thing to get to do. And you get paid to do it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, let's let's just say I've done my fair share of free jobs and <laughs> Not all of them can actually be mentioned on this show, but still, it's fine. Things just fall into place, right? <laughs> I'm having a real moment with that one. Um, so, so then you didn't, did, did you go through any of the, like, were you nervous the first audition? Did, was that a thing that, that happened or did you feel kind of like, no, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be? 
actually pretty gathered. Um, once I actually got into the room and, you know, had the camera and realized like, this is it. And also that feeling of, you know, kind of, we were talking about life in general, you only get one shot. They're not going to let you go back and do the take again. So you may as well give it your all the first time. Yeah. So. That is awesome though. I mean, that's, that's because I think you're the first person I've ever talked to that said that they went in there feeling gathered. Like that's good. I mean, there's the whole element of not knowing exactly how things are going to be. I mean, one thing that struck me is it's interesting how different the notes are from what it's like to be in the room. Mm -hmm. So you have a sense when you walk in of probably what they're going to be asking you to do or how the room's going to be set up or things like that. But it's a totally different experience to walk into it. But I felt like once I kind of got oriented to you know, what the space was like and, and, you know, where the camera was and what it was I needed to be doing. It's like, okay, this is what we're here to do. Let's do it. That is awesome. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's fantastic. So, so like when you, like when you say, you know, like, do you ever have moments when you're working and you just kind of start thinking to yourself, you kind of wander off and you start thinking to yourself, like, if this were a role, like what would be my next move? I don't know if I've had that yet, but I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, trust me, it'll happen. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I think that there really is even an element um, of acting in, in what I do to an extent. I mean, what I do as a kind of a customer service role and, you know, I'm I'm being paid to solve problems and, and listen to problems. And, um, so I think there there is an element of, um, gosh, how would I word it? Like just um, trying to understand who you are and who this person needs you to be mm -hmm. in order to achieve whatever goals it is that they have. So maybe not full on acting, um, but, you know, maybe highlighting certain elements of your personality to fit the given situation. Hmm. Um, I do find daydreaming a little bit more at work about more of the acting stuff because acting invites so many more um, creative personalities, I think. There's a lot of creativity within the industry and all of the different roles out there um, that people play that, you know, put together, you know, whatever product it is that they're doing. So not just the actors, but the people behind the cameras or the sound or, or the lighting. Even I think I've been impressed with um, there was a commercial I did recently and I was shocked at just how they lit the space, um, which I wasn't expecting. But I mean, it was just. It, it really made the whole space different yeah. um, and it's kind of vibrancy. It's, so yeah, it's interesting. I, <laughs> thinking about how I, I crave being around these people. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that, that's something that keeps coming up in a lot of my uh, conversations with people in the entertainment world is I don't think people really like the viewers don't really understand that like it will take hours, literally hours to set up something that is only like 15 seconds worth of film to shoot. And it's just, I say worth of film. We don't even use film anymore, which now I'm dated. And I also remember when you could smoke on airplanes. So there's that too. I'm older than I look but not mentally. So that's good. I think we're where we, where we need to be there. So now with your, with your daydreaming and everything like that, this, this next question will kind of come into that, but I was kind of wondering just what do you like, what is like a dream, like a dream role for you? Like what kind of a character would, would be like the ultimate, the Kate Bradley, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is me. This is like, I want, if I'm going to be typecast, this is it right here. Yes, I would love to play a character that has a lot of depth. 
So I would love a character that has maybe some history or has a secret or, you know, just has something else kind of going on so that you're really getting multiple layers of this character who you may be seeing on the screen. I think playing a villain would be so much fun. Um, maybe because it feels like it's so opposite who I am. Um, I think I tend to present as very, you know, sweet and Pollyanna and professional and all of those things. So I think to get the opportunity to play someone who's just like downright evil would be so fun. <laughs> that's, that's actually, I mean, it's mildly terrifying, but it's nice at the same time because it's just acting. It's the world of make-believe. About my true personality, maybe that's a, a scary thing, but... I don't know. Uh, if you go to therapy, that's for them, and that's a completely different podcast that I do not host. Right. <laughs> I will say, I mean, I'm enjoying the, the commercial acting, and I hope to do more of it, and I think it's been a great experience for me. Um, however, I feel like a lot of the personalities don't have a lot of depth. So if I'm playing a mom, you know, she's she's pretty much got one goal in mind, which is, you know, taking care of kids and maybe making sure that dinner's on the table or, you know, solving some problem around the house or something, but they don't really get into the psychology of who this woman truly yeah. is. And you know, she's more the caregiver for the mom that's going to save the day with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich or whatever it is that we're... Right, because we're still in 1952. So that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's how that works. Um, like now, now this character that you've described that you'd want to play, is this something that you'd want to do in like a feature or was this, or, or do you feel yourself more of like, maybe like a, an episodic kind of a te television kind of a character? I'm guessing that it would probably be more of like a film role. Um, just because I think there, there'd probably be a lot more there that you'd have to pull out. Um, but I love the idea of. TV and, and having some kind of series where you kind of run with this person and over the course of the series, they, you know, kind of develop as a person or, you know, you can see how these different experiences they have impact them. Um, it's funny, I actually don't watch a lot of TV presently. Um, and a lot of the movies I'm watching are just catching up on stuff that I probably should have seen when I was much, much younger and never got around to like really classic movies that I feel like everybody's seen. Oh, wow. <laughs> So we're going to name drop, like, the Goonies, Never Ending Story, like, the classics. Yeah, I've seen Goonies. Thank God. But, mm. I was having a moment there. My heart was in my throat. <laughs> so it's, I don't know, it's, um, I, there's probably a lot to television that um, I probably need to just watch some TV and get a, a better sense of even what's out there presently because... You know, my brain is probably stuck on things that are, you know, a decade old, at least at this point. Oh, that's fine. You're catching up with the rest of everybody in the third world country. So we're on the same. We'll be on the same. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, Indonesia is just now getting Miami Vice. I think you're okay. You know. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I can't back that up. I actually have no, like, I have no substantiating kind of documentation. Uh, no figures, no numbers, nothing to show that. Then, then we're good. We're on the same page. So <laughs> that's awesome. So now, when you're watching, like when you find yourself watching movies, um, or you're catching up on TV or whatever, um, what characters, like, 
was this something like before you started acting? I should I should specify. Um, were there any characters, anything like that, that you related to that kind of inspired you? And you and you said to yourself, you know, I could do this. This is the kind of person I'm looking up to here. This is the this is my inspiration. Gosh, that's a question. I feel like you should have asked way in advance so I could have like a week to think about that it. That just actually would ruin the whole put you on the spot feel of my podcast. And that's not what I'm going for here. It is total awkward and uncomfortability is what I'm shooting for. Well, let's revel in it. Um, no, it's what I watch. I think the things that I really enjoy um, are romantic comedies. And I just, I like that they're light and easy and formulaic. And I think they're soothing to my brain in that way. I can follow, you know, kind of the story. Um, I also really like... Um, like the psychological thrillers. I love movies that have a twist. And so I think there it's less about maybe the individual character and it's more about the way that the story is told. So I'm always fascinated by the fact that the, you know, whoever wrote the story or the director, you know, has this vision about where we're going to end up, but they're so calculated in their meandering throughout the film that it's not until the very end that we get to that last point. I mean, like the sixth sense, say what you will about it. I mean, it blew me away at the time. I thought that was such a cool twist. I didn't see it coming at all. No. And I was done, you know, there's that scene where they're sitting at the table and, um, you know, she thinks she's, or we think that they're having a conversation and, and really she's just upset about her current situation and everything. I, I just thought, oh my God, like every detail in that scene was so carefully thought out and then it went over my head entirely the first time I saw it and it wasn't until the reveal that you could tr truly appreciate everything that was put into it so stuff like that I think really gets me and that kind of like just was like an inspiration for you to be like I want to be involved in some of this magic you think yeah I think you know I want to tell a story like that I would love to be a part of telling a story that is captivating and that's interesting or that you know touches a person in a certain way where it inspires them or um you know you can kind of control emotions i mean even if you're looking at like a horror movie or something like that i mean you have the ability to really get people excited or scared or you know completely change their mood so even though they're just sitting at home maybe on their couch you're able to impact their you know the way they're viewing their life I and mean, that's it's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Packed it. <laughs> 100%. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, in the sixth sense, that's that's definitely taking it back. But yeah, that movie totally. Whoa. Oh, yes. That is amazing. Awesome. Sorry. For people that can't see what just happened, we just revealed that we both drink Zevia, which I'm not getting paid for that either. So they're getting a free plug. So Zevia, sugar free. Naturally flavored. Delicious. Yay. <laughs> that was my lack of enthusiasm for giving away free product. Anyway, it's fine. It'll all, it'll all work itself out. Um, but Sixth Sense was definitely a movie that I think knocked everybody on their socks. and um, I, Or knocked them out of their socks. And then I think they... It was, uh, it's just the, the Hollywood approach, you know, that, but then once he finds out that he's got something good with the twist thing, and then he just starts doing that with every movie, and then it kind of loses its luster. It's like, no, nah, you should just probably, it's better to have the one-off than, you right. know, than to try to keep going, so. 
Another one I really loved, which was such a bizarre movie. I don't know if you've seen Mulholland Drive. Oh, yes, very much yeah. so. I really got a kick out of it. In fact, I need to watch it again because it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't remember every yeah. little deep. But um, I remember watching that, and for one, thinking, like, what the heck am I watching? Like, what is this? Um, but I had read somewhere that they were describing it as the moment um, while you were waking up from a dream. So you were in your dream, and now you're coming back into consciousness, and they were trying to capture kind of that moment in time where both are blended. And I thought it was a really cool descriptor. I also think um, the scene where she is reading her lines, there's a part where she's reading the lines, I think just in a car or something like that. But then we actually see her performing them for her audition. And that blew me away because I thought, wow, to see somebody who can take just simple words on a page and give all of this emotion and feeling. And I mean, it just, I was blown away. I was yeah. blown away. So. That is a that is a classic, and it's it's nice that you mentioned that one because that was actually something. Because when you had said, you know, you like romantic, lighthearted comedies, but you also like twisted movies, it's like, well, like, wouldn't it have been awesome to see John Hughes and David Lynch put something together before John Hughes, you know, took a hike off the planet, you know? Great. Yeah. So the I don't know it it um it's a. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to be searching for. I think I have kind of a variety of of tastes and, and interests and clearly a lot of things that are really dated, but I'm okay with that. You're talking to somebody, you're talking to somebody that records his podcasts on audio cassette. So, I mean, I think that I will be, I will be one of the people that understands where you're coming from. Sing the song of our people, Kate. Sing the song of our people. Hang on, though. I need, like, my pencil so I can rewind it and fix the tape. <laughs> mm, and then she gets an extra five points for the total the, the total fact that went over, you know, all the millennials' heads that listened to this. Oh, yeah. Which is oh, weird. Just, was it last night? I was in my improv class, and we were pretending to – I was pretending to be on a phone, and I definitely did, like, the thumb and pinky thing instead of, like, the flat hand like my kids do. Like, yep. I, uh, Wait, they actually changed it? Now we don't have the pinky and the thumb anymore? Yeah, my kids do the flat hand. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah. Mm -mm. I know. I won't be it having won't. any of this. But... <laughs> do you ever have one of those like moments where it feels like a piece of you just kind of dies? I think I just had that. Oh, all the time. Yeah, okay. my assistants at work didn't know who Paula Abdul was. Straight up now tell me. You can't be serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I took two steps forward, one step back, but... <laughs> Holla! Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that reminds me, I should really do, like, a retrospective on the life and times of MC Scat Cat, now that I'm thinking about it. You should. Mm. I really... Up to and you one of those like true Hollywood stories or something. <laughs> that was my jam. You're talking about the one that was on E, right? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Those were so good. Now this is the part of the show that I love because now we start geeking out about things and then we go off on a tangent and people are like, "What are they talking about?" It's what it's what the Google is made for. Hit the Googs, <laughs> look it up. The E True Hollywood Story was awesome. Did you ever watch the um, the Mysteries and Scandals one? Probably. I feel like 
like I've seen like all of them. I was obsessed with them. Yeah, there's well, there was a show called Mysteries and Scandals on E, and it was. Um, I just remember there was one that was about the Little Rascals, and it was like the darkest thing I've ever watched. I think, and I just rewatched it on YouTube. Oh, now you've inspired me. I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm going to be like up on YouTube watching all these. <laughs> yes, welcome to the rabbit hole that is my free time. Well, and it's the way that they present it too, right? It's not just the information because you could totally put that information in like an article or you know whatever, and yeah, 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 you could read it in ten minutes. But no, it's like it's the drama, it's the music, it's the way that they like the dramatic pauses. Yeah, it's perfect. And mysteries and scandals was kind of like it was set up to where it almost had the same. Um, presentation style as like unsolved mysteries so you have the guy come out there's like fog in the middle of like i don't know like a like a warehouse because that's what happens and so you're like okay this is legit right i'm gonna hear a story that's probably gonna keep me up this is good yeah <laughs> i need this in my life yes so now just, when oh so i'm sorry no it just adds to the legitimacy of it all oh don't worry I'll be sending you links. Don't worry. You'll be getting the full. You'll be getting the full. The full exposure to to the madness that is retro TV. And speaking of retro TV, like, okay, what was one of your favorite movies or shows growing up? Oh man. Yeah. This is. I. I didn't. I. I didn't mean to make this difficult, but at the same time, you're welcome for everything that's happening. Yeah, there, I mean, I just, like, got a whole rush of things. I mean, I just recently did buy a She-Ra shirt, Princess of Power, which is amazing. You can't have a better shirt for the gym. Um, I'm trying to remember, was it Strawberry Shortcake, who had the peculiar Purple Pie Man of Porcupine Peak? Yes. Because that man gave me nightmares. Really? But show i was convinced that he was gonna like come through my window in the night That's... he was a very cartoon character they really went all in on the creep factor on that one yeah that's a little bit dark yeah he, he more or less to me looked just like a really pissed off biology teacher like that's what i got out of him so like... strawberry shortcake was sweet as can be um i grew up like rainbow bright my little ponies i mean i was a very like Firmly set in the '80s, girl. Welcome, welcome. You you are welcome here. This the Maynard <laughs> Files will always have a special place for you, Kay Bradley. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that is that is totally. And then of course I really respect the '90s as well because I think that, that was a really good turning point for a lot of things, uh, both entertainment wise and me wise, and I think everybody wise. Parachute pants. We need to bring those back. I've decided. When you go into the state, well, obviously not now with COVID, but when you go into like stadiums and stuff like that, they're so like hardcore about checking purses and making sure you're not, but parachute pants, I think you'd, you'd be good. You mm -hmm. could stuff like four course meal in there and like a two liter bottle of soda. Oh my God. It's like, you know me. Who are you? Yeah. What kind yeah. of law do you practice again? What kind of law do you practice again? Invasion of privacy law, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I had a pair when I was growing up, kid you not, they were purple zebra print parachute pants. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It was amazing. At that whole period of time, I had the, the LA Gears. 
um, which were amazing. And they had the little um, keychains. Yes, that said LA gear. That was, I, I really knew I had made it when I had my LA gear. So it was kind of a big time. I had the jean jacket that had all of the like stuff on the back, like all of the, I don't even know what was on there, but there was like, are you, are you talking about like a, did you have like a 1986 John Cougar Mellencamp issue jean jacket is what you're telling me? I mean, I didn't want to brag, but. <laughs> it sounds like that's what it was. That's, that's what you were saying. They're pretty amazing. And then I love like the side pony and the biker shorts and everything was neon. Oh. Like what were we, I don't know what we were doing in that time, but I loved it. I'll tell you what we were doing. We were doing it right because now everything's coming back and everybody is embracing it. Hypercolor is definitely something that needs to come back. I'm sorry. That was awesome. What better way to show exactly where you sweat on your body than to wear a hypercolor shirt? Yes. And in case there was any confusion, there's yeah. just this whole arm section yeah. that could highlight the fact that it was a little toasty outside for you. <laughs> this is where I generate most of my heat, okay? Like, you know, when you've got a big triangle on your chest and then you've got the big ovals under your arms, that's where you need to be. That's where it was. Absolutely. No questions about it. <laughs> no. No questions about it. That's awesome. So what was your back like seeing all of these things like circle back around and everything is weird to me the 90s stuff i think is weird that a lot of them are choosing now to go back to like the kind of nirvana grungy florally i don't know i didn't think those were the best of times i think you really got to push it back to the full 80s to to definitely at least 88 at least 80 yeah. okay you know what let's say 87 88 89 let's go yeah. those three years and let's let's just have a moment of silence for Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Yes. Girl, you know it's true. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on the rain personally, but I think that works. <laughs> I think that works too. Um okay, so now when you were like when you were down in the in the in the 80s and 90s groove, were you a Jordash person or were you a guest jeans person? Definitely Jordash. Yes. I Jordash in like every color and not even colors that I liked. I remember having like a pair of rust colored Jordash jeans. Like why? Why did I have those? I don't know. Did they match anything that I owned? No, they did not. Did I have them? Absolutely. Were they perfect? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And did they always, did they always fit? Yes. And tight out, like all the way down to the ankle like you couldn't fit your foot through a little bit of that tapering action. Oh yeah. And that was perfect. And then whenever you were, you know, you knew you were in it for the real win when you lost all circulation in your lower extremities. Yes. And I'm like, I am beautiful. Yeah. I can split. I still do the same thing with my 501s because those are still my jam. Those are my favorite jeans of all time. The 501. <laughs> you got to button yeah. that fly, button the fly. Yes. That's what it's all it's about. Not but the extra work into it. <laughs> I think people people have forgot, you know, that, that sometimes looking good is painful. And the 80s were all about that. We were, yeah, we were in it. All of this, like, leisure wear and stuff. No, you're going to be a kid wearing, like, spandex pants everywhere you go that are just, like, absolutely, like, constricting your stomach so that you can't breathe and then we're gonna like shellac your hair with about what like a can and a half of 
Aquanet and mm. send you on your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm digging. <laughs> digging all of this. This is like so, so my jam. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Last question. Uh-huh. And this will have absolutely nothing to do with anything except for what we've been talking about because that is what my show is about. And I don't want to hear one little bit of complaining from any of my audience because I can't hear them anyway. And that's perfect. That's why I do this. <laughs> so what was the greatest mixtape you ever received as a gift from someone? Oh, man, I moved from, where was I, from Colorado to Arizona, and I had, I think I had multiple ones now that I think of it, Uh, friends who made, like, mixtapes for me to say goodbye. Um, This would have been a little bit later, so I had more of, like, the 90s stuff going on, Um, but I had... I remember there was a lot of no doubt, for sure. And we're not talking like Gwen Stefani today. This was like OG, no doubt. Oh, man, what else would have been on there? I think like Nirvana. And oh, you're bringing me back. I'm going to have to like see if I can dig it out. I think I actually have it somewhere. Oh, that is amazing. (laughs) That is great. If you do have it, you need to just make copies of it and bring it as like you're like, this is what's going to like totally geek you up whenever you're doing an audition and just like jam it in an old school Walkman. Just do that. And the pauses for the radio. So <laughs> the announcer comes on and then it's just being cut off completely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. On a um, Janet Jackson CD on the radio when I was a kid, I called into the radio station and I won the CD where she has the hands on her boobs yeah you're allowed to say that on my show you're allowed to say boobs sure i wasn't sure if we were gonna like go off the air immediately or something you're fine yep yep had that one and i think i listened to it and i loved it not only because i loved her but also because i won it i think that's why i became obsessed with like every single song on the soundtrack so it's still on my like playlists today that is amazing awesome that is awesome. Well, before we before we wrap things up here, like a really awesome, delicate package from the 80s, a love letter, if you will, to to all of the things that were cool. Um, any any parting words of, uh, of 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 advice or anything that you can give to my listeners who might be experiencing kind of the wonky phase of should I do something and should I should I not do something? Yeah, no, uh, do it. I mean, I know that that's, you know, Nike really went for it back in the day with the just to it. It's true. I mean, I think that we are in clearly a really weird time. There are plenty of reasons to not do things. And frankly, nobody's going to fault you if you don't. So if you choose not to do those things, nobody's going to hold it against you. But if you, in your heart of hearts, know these are things that you want to do, do it. Just do it. And you're going to feel better knowing that you've done it. I think it just answers so many questions for you. You don't have that regret. And, oh, my gosh, it might turn into something. That is amazing. That was pretty inspirational. I felt like we needed some really, like, really powerful music behind you, though. I might be able to do something in post. I don't know yet. We'll see what happens. I don't really edit these, so that's why I'm always, like, surprised. Because some people will drop some verbiage that I'm kind of like, um, yeah, I could edit that out, but I'm leaving it. 
<laughs> gonna leave that. But uh, I want to thank you so much for for coming for coming on today. And I know that we had to do this remotely because you're in um, Switzerland, correct? Switzerland is that what I? Absolutely. That's just what yeah. I assume. Every time I do a remote interview, I assume everybody's in Switzerland. It just makes more sense. I dig it. I dig it. I will. I'm totally on board with that one. <laughs> okay, perfect. Then we we have had nothing else. Um, and. You know, I look forward to seeing your success because I definitely see you on the path, which is awesome. Totally excited for you. And 100%, you have, like, a new fan in your roster, so that's cool. I'll be pushing for you. Um, and can't wait to see what the future holds for Miss Kate Bradley, that's for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun, and thank you for geeking out with me about the 80s. You're very welcome. Any, Honestly, any time I can geek out about something that's near and dear to my heart, such as the 80s, I'm on board for that. That is just my, that's my jam. I love it. I, I fully approve. Absolutely. Fully well, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning into the Maynard Files, where weird stuff can definitely happen, but damn it if your dreams just can't come true. That's what we've learned today. I am your host, Josh, and today my guest was... Kate Bradley! And she did it with some emphasis on that. That was good. I like that. So whatever it is you're doing out there, my friends, make sure that you're doing it right. Adios.